Welcome to IF Issues. I'm Lucifer Storm, and I've got one quick question for you. How are you? How the devil art thou? Hopefully, you're all keeping well and keeping safe. And I've got an awesome, awesome guest for you this evening. But before we bring them in, I do just need to do a little bit of housekeeping, for want of a better phrasing. First of all, I need to let you guys know that this is the last time that I Have Issues is going to be live, at least for the next few months, until Lady Satan comes out. During that time, there's still going to be weekly episodes, but they're all going to be pre-recorded. And there's already some lined up. In fact, there's a new episode dropping tomorrow at 8pm UK time, and then another one on Wednesday at 8pm UK time. And then it will be every Monday at the same time. And like I said, some awesome guests lined up. It's, it's going to be great. You guys are going to enjoy it. And then when I can, I'm going to bring it back to being a live show again. But like I said, for the next few months, it's going to be pre-recorded. On top of that, I need to remind you guys very, very quickly that this show is made possible thanks to the awesome people at Malice Bazaar, an online store that deals with morbid curiosities ranging from taxidermy all the way to unique upcycling. And as some of you will already know, that's where my friend John Doe comes from. And yes, this is a real skull and spinal column that's been turned into a lamp. But as I've mentioned many times before, all all of these things are ethically sourced. So it's all cool. It's all okay. And if you like your morbid curiosities, then you can check out their Etsy store by going to the description box down below and following the link there. But before you do, let me remind you, what they sell is not for children. It's not for the easily offended. And it certainly isn't for the faint of heart either. So now that we've got that out of the way, I can bring on our guest. This man is responsible for starting a website called Flash Delirium LLC. And if you want to check out this website, then you can take a look in the description box down below where you will find a link to the website. Or you can check out the pinned comment in the chat because that's also the link to their website. And this guy's done a great job and he's just put out on their website a free comic for you guys to read called Pop Singer. And trust me, if you guys like your outlaw comics, you are really going to dig what this man has to offer. So could you please welcome to I Have Issues, Elston Christopher. Elston, how the devil art thou, good sir? Hey, what's up, man? It's all good, man. How's the apocalypse treating you? Well, I'm still alive, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> That's better than most. <laughs> oh, is that a Jurassic Park, Mark? I see oh, that. heck yeah. Yeah, I mean, in our house, all our coffee mugs, they're... Either Jurassic Park, Freddy Krueger, Jason. I think we had a Ghostbuster one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. I like your style, man. So for everyone who's watching who may not know who you are, do you want to let people know who you are and what it is you do? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, Elston Christopher is actually my name backwards. It's Chris Christopher Elston. My I bad. I thought that might be that. the case. Yeah, it just when I got when I did the uh, Facebook page, there's like a million Chris Crosses on there, so I was trying to separate right. myself a little bit. So yeah. ah, that's cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so a little bit about me. Um, we just started a company called Flash Delirium LLC. It's mm -hmm. you know we put up uh, independent horror books on there. But if we jump back a little bit before that, um, as far as what got me into all this, like mm -hmm. comic books was not my first uh love. Uh, movies were. And yeah. uh, growing up as a kid in the 80s, and I know the, the classics, you know, Freddie, Jason, Chucky, and all that stuff, and the more obscure ones like Evil Dead and a lot of the Italian horror films back in the day. You know, so I always wanted to 
I know I was wanting to do something like, you know, create, like write stories and stuff. But um, when I got a little older and I started, I started like understanding the art form of things, I was watching like Disney cartoons and they had like the behind the scenes of how they do Mickey Mouse and stuff. So that yeah. kind of got me into like the uh, the art side, you know, wanting to do art. And then it's funny. So Creepshow, you know, remember that movie? Yes, uh, I do. That's what kind of got me into comic books. You know, it's kind of like everything. Oh, it's horror, it's artwork, and it's, you know, it's reading. So that kind of spot, you know, got me on that journey, wanting to do things. And um, growing up, so when I was, uh, I think, in elementary school, and, you know, Ghostbusters had came out, and I liked that. So I started doing my own little Ghostbusters, com- like, books, and I would share them around class and get let the kids read them. So, you know, it was always in me <laughs> to create yeah. stuff, entertain people. Oh, that's fantastic, man. Absolutely fantastic. Let me just say hello to the people in the chat because we've got a few people in the chat, starting with Fat Steven Seagal beats up Twitter. Funny, I was unsubbed. Well, that is criminal, Fat Steven. I'm glad that you're here, though. I'm glad to see you here. Fat Steven's an awesome guy. Uh, We've also got Pop Culture Avenger who says, Hell, Lucifer Storm, Elston Christopher and Chat. We've also got Ash and Jackal who says, Greetings, Lucifer, and to the chat. We also have my main man, Aria Blackness, who says, Woo, hell, Lucifer. He also says, Best show that's not the bargain bin show. And uh, Ash and Jackal says, They grab the animals in nature and barehanded rip out their head with spinal cord attached in only the most humane way possible. (laughs) Well, I don't know if that's exactly their (laughs) techniques, but it could be. I'm not going to say that it isn't. I'm just not going to say that it is either. <laughs> so, so tell us about uh, your the story that you've just put up on the website, Pop Singer, because I've already had the chance to to read it in advance, and it is an absolutely fantastic story. As I've said to everyone who's watching, check out the link in the description box down below. But tell me, like, where does where did the idea for Pop Singer come from? Okay, um, good question. So it actually started out as a short film that I was going to do. Okay. Um, yeah. So before I we started doing like the whole the comic book thing, this is like yeah. maybe like five years ago. This this is how long it took to get to this point with all yeah. this. We were um, me and my fiance. You know, we were like a writing team and create you know creative team, and we were gonna try to like do the movie thing. We were gonna um, do a couple of shorts, then you know like just like everybody else does, and try to you know branch our way out to like bigger films. Yeah. And uh, so we did this first short film, which is. It's online, but I don't think people can access it easily. I may, I may try to send you a link so you can make, maybe share it to people, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, that's called, great. It was called Hunt, and pretty much it was a, a werewolf thing, but it was done. It was like a eerie hardcore Henry. Yes, yeah, yeah. So imagine hardcore Henry with, with a werewolf. Everything was due to get the world's point of view, like pre-transformation, transformation werewolf. So you know, it was a little ambitious Ooh. for what it was. Yeah, it, it, it came out all right. Um, after that, and that took like forever to, to finish, just you know, just because of post production yeah. and stuff. Yeah, we wanted to do like another thing. So, um, pop singer kind of was just in my head. I, I, I was watching uh, ABC's of Death, and I was watching mm-hmm. how like this is all these all these like different little segments, how they're real quick like, and stuff. I said, okay, we can do like a short horror film that's almost like a music video, you know, mm-hmm. with, like minimum dialogue, just all crazy visuals. And so, I've always been fascinated with like the, the conspiracy stuff like naughty and all that like yeah you, know, you, you seen the crazy like rumors people oh. to talk about like celebrities being involved in all this you know like sacrifice oh, yeah. and stuff yeah. and i felt it yeah you know i was like there, there has to be a story to be told in that 
So I sat down, I started playing around with, okay, well, so there's something about this pop singers, they're surreal to me anyway. Just out, I never, you know, known one, but just seeing on TV how they live their life and you know, all, you know, all the stuff they go through, so that, that seems kind of scary. So we kind of combine that with the, you know, the whole Illuminati thing and we have pop singer, which is pretty much about a young girl who looked up to another singer growing up and she wanted to be a, a, a pop singer. So she was very talented and she got, you know, she went through like the whole like process where she got auditioned and um, she got picked up by a talent agency who was secretly like this Illuminati type organization who are trying to summon a demon and they need a vessel to try to uh, open that portal. So that's yeah. where she comes into play. And it's pretty much her diral spiral into hell, literally. The the art style in Pop Singer is so unique, but it's yes. so awesome at the same time. Uh, who's the artist and how did you manage to uh, get them on board to do this project? Okay, well, his name is Halil. And I'm sorry, Halil, if I butcher your last name. I believe it's uh, Mete, Halil Mete. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives in Berlin. I found him on Facebook group. It was, um, I can't remember exactly which one, but it was one of the, the groups where, you know, you just find different artists and stuff. And I was, at the time, again, I needed, when I did, when I was looking for arts for pop singer, I needed that same artist to be on a, on my next project too. So I need to find somebody who is not only good, but could maybe, you know, commit for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So luckily, again, I saw his artwork. And it's just so like gritty and detailed and like it's just it just fit the mold of what we wanted. So yeah. I reached out to him and you know I sent him the script and I you know I told him the whole thing. He loved it because he likes horror. And it's, it's been a marriage ever since. <laughs> Excellent. That's fantastic, man. Was he the the first artist that you approached, or did you approach anyone else beforehand? Um for pop sake, no, there was another guy, um, and I can't I can't remember his name. You know, again, because I try people out, you know, I'll send them, you know, I'll ask them about their page rates and stuff. I'll send them a page and here, check it, you know, try it out. So go. And he, he wasn't bad, but Halil, man, he just, you know, it was just no, it wasn't a contest, you know, like this is yeah. the guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When, when you find that artist that you want to work with on a project, you just know. Exactly. You know, and we just like, you know, again, it wasn't just how talented he was. It was like, you know, it was just, we clicked. So, and that, that's, that's always for me. As a writer, you know, I just think you have to know there has to be some kind of like symbiotic relationship between you and the artist. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're just going to quickly check out the chat because uh, we got Fat Steven who says, is that Lucas Films with the spine? Yes. (laughs) Yes. We're not going to beat around the bush. It certainly is. Uh, We've also got Bree in the chat who says, hey, hey, how's everyone doing? We're doing good. Bree. How, How the devil art thou, though? That's the main question. Uh, Ash and Jackal says sounds a little like Maniac. Uh, I think he was referring to the to the short film that you that you mentioned earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. He's talking about the remake with Elijah Wood. In it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that's a good uh, comparison. Yeah, I think so. There was also a Korean film. I think it was called The Butcher, and it was made in around 2007, 2008, where you had like this this maniac serial killer who abducts all these people, but he puts a GoPro to each one of their heads, and he's hunting them down in like a warehouse, so you see everything from the victim. Did he have the pig mask on? Yes, 
I've seen that. Yeah, that was a yes. uh, that, that, that was a rough. That was rough. <laughs> I mean, not like bad, but that was pretty uh, gritty. Yeah, there's been a, there's been a few of the uh, first person. I'm surprised there's not more of them. You know, because like that, you know, because found footage kind of made its own like genre, and like that exactly. one is you know its own genre now too. But there's yeah. been quite a few of them. But uh, Maniac, you know, and I'm I'm not I'm not always a big fan of remakes, but uh, that was one remake I liked because I like Elijah yeah. Wood uh, in the music. I mean, they had a phenomenal score in it. Oh, but definitely. The, the original, the original still was pretty cool. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I like the remake, but you can't be the original. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. the the original had had such a great head explosion in it with Tom Savini. Tom how, Savini how can you? Yeah. How how can anyone discount that? <laughs> yeah, that was just like that and the scanner's head explosion. Though those those, those yes. two man, like <laughs> yes, absolutely. For me, the top three are always going to be scanners, maniac, and chopping mall. Always shopping mall. It's funny. We actually talked about shopping mall every day. It's, it's, I don't know. Is that movie having a resurgence or something? <laughs> it's like I don't know. Brings it, it up. <laughs> it seems to be that way. I remember there was a period of time where you could mention shopping mall to someone and they'd be like, what the hell is that? And you'd be like, oh man, right. you just need to see it for yourself kind of thing. And now a lot of people seem to know about it. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see a remake of that one. I know like people won't go to mall anymore, but it seems like there's something there that can be remade, especially with technology. Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, Fat Steven Seagal says, "I need a beer." Then you should have one, <laughs> sir. You should have one. Don't, don't, don't let me stop you whatsoever. Uh, the Robert says, "Hell, how the oh brother art thou?" I'm doing good, thank you, Robert. How the devil art thou, though? That is the main question. And let me see. Bree also says, "I'm doing devilishly good." Excellent. That's what we like to hear. And we also have Jay Sari who says, Download, uh, Downward Spiral into Hell sounds fantastic. It's interesting to listen to stories of writers finding artists to create their world visually. I've always found it fascinating. And we also have, and you're going to have to bear with me because I am going to mess up this name quite, quite badly probably. N Theater says, Hell, chaps. Hell in theater. How the devil are they? Pretty Thank clever. Thank you very much for <laughs> I like that name. I yeah, like that. Cool. If I can't pronounce a name, I tend to go, I like that name. <laughs> yeah, I've done that too, dude. Like uh, names, I mean, you know, supposed to be a damn writer. Like I cannot, like I, I'm horrible with pronouncing names. <laughs> that's why my fiance comes into play. She, she can oh, mean this. I said, like, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say is your most interesting writing quirk? Hmm. Probably... I pull up on a lot of different resources. Like just again, like I grew up I like horror. I like 80s stuff. I read a lot of books. I like, you know, manga. You know, like I try to and music, that's a big one. I try to pull a little bit of all that and put it into the writing. You know, kind of like you know yeah. how Tarantino does his films, like Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I like this combination of different things. I, I think I'm pretty decent about doing that. And also, um, as far as like the writing process itself, like, like I'm just one half of mm. the team because like my fiance she's really she comes from a literary background where i come from the film and yeah. comic book background so i can i'm really good at creating like the structure of the script you know yeah. point a point b and all that the three yeah. acts and all that junk <laughs> and she can kind of come in you know and flesh out the character a little bit more and just put like, dialogue and stuff in there so i guess i'm kind of like the uh the architecture of it and she kind of comes in and builds it up and I'm nice. usually even, yeah, even like I've collaborated with a few different writers and like, mm -hmm. that's usually how we do. Like I'll come in and like help, like come up with the premise and do the outline 
and we just kind of bounce off. That usually gets them going to create the rest of it. We just kind of go back and forth. Awesome, man. Awesome. So you, you mentioned kind of like that marriage of sort of like the film influence and mm -hmm. music influence. What kind of music do you do you often gravitate to? I'm all over the place, yeah, honestly with you. Uh, I love metal, um, especially like the older stuff. Like I'm, I was born in the '80s, but no, '90s I was a teenager, so I I grew up Same. on like the like the, the new metal, like Deftones, which is I love Deftones, Corn, yes. and all those guys, Tool. Yes. And, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Great. Last You're time, a man after awesome. my own heart here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and um, who else? Like, I like the older groups too. Like, you know, of course, Metallica. Like, they're for, like uh, my favorite Metallica album has to be um, Injustice for All. Like, you know, Ooh, that one. So cool. Ride of Lightning was pretty good too. I was not, oh, I, I didn't like the Black album. I, you know, that's when I kind of just, well, that wasn't for me. Yeah. But, um, you know, and I, I like, like, Led Zeppelin or Skinner, like, you know, all those guys, man. Like, they, I, they just really like their music is like you know those are movies <laughs> if you yes. listen to it you know but um outside of that i mean i love rap like again like I, i'm a wu-tang fan forever you know excellent and, um, you know i like the older stuff nwa all those uh far as yes. like modern music goes i like a lot of the, the like the uh i guess kid cuddy's kind of i guess you could still consider him modern um yeah far as metal goes Slipknot's the one I still listen to the most. Like, you know, I know they're like late nineties, you know, they're pretty much killing killing it right now, but I've always listened to Slipknot. And that, you know, some of their music helps me come up with ideas. And like, you know, yeah. I, I, I old music, like my parents' music, like the um Motown stuff. I listen to a lot of Motown music. Yes. Like like Diana Ross and stuff. I love I love all that shit, man. And uh techno music. Uh, cool. Favorite era of music has to be '80s, like you no, know, the new wave, like the Pesh Mode, the Cure, yeah. you know, Flock of Seagulls, all all that stuff, man. So, like I said, I'm all over the place, and depending on what I'm writing is what will regulate what music I listen to at the time. Yeah. Oh, I can understand that, man. That that's fucking excellent, man. <laughs> so, do you find uh, the writing process for yourself? Do you find it to be more of an energizing experience, or do you find that you get to like the end of a draft and you're just absolutely exhausted? No, honestly, man. Like it's fun for me. I I, I just yeah. like I just like creating stuff and telling stories. And um, yeah, you know, and it's funny most again like besides listening to music like this how i get my ideas they can come from anywhere i could literally just be outside you know taking a jog or something seeing like a flower and okay something pops up in my head you know so i want to make like a make a texas chainsaw massacre type film like you know, I, don't, I don't know what the connection is but you know stuff like that but i mean once but once i get an idea that i know all right this is what i want to do yeah it is a journey but it's a fun journey because you know I kind of, like I said, I, I kind of lay out where it's, you know, the pieces, but things can change, you know, especially when we start like bouncing ideas on flushing things out, usually for the better. Like, you know, what was an okay idea or a cool idea suddenly becomes a phenomenal idea because my co-writer comes in with another, another you know, approach to oh shit, I didn't think about that. And that just opens up a whole nother doorway, you know, this is fun oh, yeah. to me. I just, I, I just like, you know, collaborating with people and just telling stories. Um, I don't get exhausted. I do my, and this is kind of like one of my weaknesses is mm -hmm. I may get bored with the story. Sometimes I get bored with it. Like it's kind of okay. done and I want to do another story, <laughs> you know, yes. okay. like, yeah, I'm writing one thing, but 
as I'm writing, another idea comes to my head. So, uh, okay, yes. I, I, I kind of stopped doing this one, doing that one. So that kind of happened a lot. And I got I'm still working on disciplining myself on that. So. Yeah, that happens to every writer. As far as I've seen, they all start off. Yeah. It, this has happened to me so many times. You start off, you're so passionate about the idea. Nothing can stop you. You're about 10 pages in. You're like, damn it. Why did a new idea just pop up just there? And you have that battle in right. your head of like, I, I've started this, but this is really fucking cool too. What do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it just... This is bane of my existence. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I'm just going to ch quickly check the chat because we have, and once again, I'm probably going to butcher this name royally. Uh, is it Sinu Knight who says, What's up? Been watching your vids for months. First time I'm able to catch you live. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you're enjoying the content and I'm so glad that you've been able to catch this show live. That's really awesome of you. Uh, and Theater says, Deftones. And I second that motion big time. And we also have Pop Culture Avenger who says Maniac and Chopping Mall are classics. I'll be watching The Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue tonight, a.k.a. Let's oh, Sleep nice. in Cultures Lie. Picked it up and an estate sale over the weekend. Fuck yeah. Great movie. Awesome. Absolutely. Great movie. Absolutely. And Bree says the problem is that ideas and thoughts move at the light at at the speed of light, but getting them out is a marathon, which makes it impossible to keep up. So yeah. well said. So well said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the Robert says for both Lucifer and Guest, favorite three horror creatures. Mm, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Okay. Well, Xenomorph, number one, hands down. That's that's probably one of the most unique things ever created. Mm. Um. Number two, see, I want to say Carpenter's the thing, but it really, you know, but what, what was it really? <laughs> you know, it was all yeah. these things, but it's just, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say it. I got to go with the thing just because it was just such a, those images, man, like just the morphing and stuff, that was just unreal. Yes. Um, number three, oh, man. Hmm. This is my immediate response. Probably like a, a, a few hours later, I was like, "Oh shit, I meant to say this." But I probably say the Predator. I mean, that he, he that was yeah. a really cool design. Stan Winston mm. killed it with that. So oh, I'll say those time. three. Big time. Those are excellent choices. I'm gonna have to say that number one for me is the Cenobites from Hellraiser. Mm. They are just absolutely ass. I I tend to gravitate towards the creatures that are more humanoid in shape right, right. The, than anything else although i think i think i'd have to add xenomorph on my list as well because like you said so unique you will never see a design like that ever again no no man Bless once in a lifetime yeah. yeah he's a genius oh big time big time third oh that's that's really difficult because i keep thinking of like so many characters that i'm like right like it's just, are, are they really a creature though you know i think like I would say, Christine, the car from uh, yeah. from John Carpenter and Stephen King's Christine. That's that's a car. That's not really a creature. <laughs> yeah, but it, 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 had, it had a conscience, though. So you that's know true. I mean? That's true. So, and as it, it went along be. in the movie, you know, it kind of took on yeah. those like different shapes of being a creature yeah, and stuff. It emoted so. things and stuff. So I mean, you, you could consider Christine. I would. I'd give you that I, one. Actually, I'm gonna choose Pazuzu from The Exorcist. Mm. That. Yeah, 
without a shadow of a doubt, because that is something that when I first saw The Exorcist as a teenager, those images did not leave my mind at all. They are still very fresh now, kind Definitely of thing. It really left an impact. Something about skin. To this day, I yeah. still watch it. I've seen it millions of times. I love it, but oh. you know, it's just something about it, man. Like it's just mm. I think it's the bleakness of it. Because that's a very yes. that's a very serious film. There's really no funny parts in it or anything. It's just yeah. bleak all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's got that wonderful documentary style to it that really like makes you feel so unsettled right. so early on. But here's a here's a question. Which do you prefer, The Exorcist or Exorcist 3? Uh mm. you know, I don't I love both. <laughs> I think you need both. I, I, I don't think one's better than everything. I think each one works off the other ones. But like Exorcist 3 mm. doesn't really work unless you have Exorcist 1. If that exactly. makes sense. So I think, I, yeah. really, you can almost watch them like it's one movie, if you really think about it. So I, I, I like them both equally. You know, I mean, because Exodus 3 doesn't scare me, you know, but it's definitely, yeah. it was a cool ending to that story. You oh, know? definitely. And, yeah, you know, and like just the, the angle they took, you know, it was like this detective type story a little bit. And I just, you know, I, I like that one. Like very underrated film. A lot of people don't yes. miss that one. Yes, big time. Like no, no one needs to see Exorcist Two. That doesn't exist. What? As far oh, as I'm concerned, I don't know. I don't know what, it, what is that? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I am having a delusion, and I'm just sharing it with people. But it, it's it's not real. So just sh- j- go straight yeah, to Exorcist yeah. Three. It's so worth it. And Ash and Jackal yeah, brings up a good point. He says no one's picking Raw Head. Ah, Raw. <laughs> you know, what? I like I like that. When I grew up, when I was a kid, and I saw that movie. I thought that was like the coolest shit ever, man. Oh, you know, because like, you know, he's, he, that is that is a good example uh, of a monster. You know, he's a straight monster. But, and I re- always remembered it a certain way. But, you know, yeah. it was films like it kind of went out of print for years, I think. And, you know, mm. Shudder just recently obtained it. Yes. Um, I watched it again. Mm. And I liked it, but I said, this is not how I remember this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, that that's one that could be a remake. Which I thought, I heard yeah. something about that, right? Didn't Clive Barker... Isn't he, isn't he remake that in Hellraiser films? Yeah, I, there's always rumors about Hellraiser being remade. Like there, there was meant to be a remake yeah. for ages, and Dimension were about to lose the rights to it, so they they quickly rushed out Hellraiser Revelations. Yeah, which they, 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 they need to let it go, man. They've been yeah. killing that franchise. Yeah. But you know, that's a, if, if you want to have like a long podcast with me one day, we we need to talk about that entire franchise. I got a lot yes. to say about Hellraiser, <laughs> and it's fascinating. Excellent. It's, that, yeah, that's a fascinating, like, like if you really watch them all the way through, it's, it's interesting, mm. the turns it took. Yeah, big time, big time. Uh, and Bree in the chat says, I still regret watching The Exorcist. Why? One is plenty, forget two. <laughs> yeah, we're all, I think, I think he's a final snap two away from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If 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 Thanos just came down, went like that, and Exorcist Two disappeared along with the Tim Burton remake of Planet of the Apes, Planet of the Apes, I would be a very very happy man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, those Leprechaun of Space movies that that, that can go too. Oh, oh <laughs> God, yes, absolutely. And Crit- Critters Three and Four. Oh yeah, and that, did you see that uh that little thing they don't shutter like that the series thing they did? Oh God! Unfortunately, like yes. Episodes. That was, yeah. you know, I appreciate that they trying to bring it back, but at the same time, come on, guys, like we we can do better than this. <laughs> you oh, know, I love Chris one and two. Yeah, absolutely. And at at the end of the day, I don't want to see a follow up to Critters unless it's got Billy Zane in it. 
There you go. You know, bring him back and we're all good. <laughs> yeah, like we can, uh, have a... No way. <laughs> Uh, Fat Steven Skull says Hellraiser in space was worse than Leprechaun in space. Now, that is one hell of a debate. <laughs> See, I got to disagree with that because I actually thought that was Hellraiser 4, right? Wasn't that the fourth one? Yeah, Hellraiser 4, Bloodline. There was parts of that I was all right with. Like, some yeah. of the backstory, like the witch and stuff. It, it did yeah. fall apart, though, like with, with the two top wins. I mean, it definitely was, was, was a train wreck. But yeah. I, I got to tell you, man, I, I, I could watch that in loop before I watch Leprechaun in space again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's add like a third fighter into the ring. Jason X. Mm. It's better than Jason Goes to Hell. Ooh, now this, Jason, I think this yeah, is the Jason first time we're disagreeing. <laughs> really? Man, what's the last time you've seen those movies? <laughs> um, it was actually about a couple of months ago. I, I couldn't help myself. Yeah. I just needed like that little taste of Jason phrasing. Um, but yeah, I sat down and I like I watched like the jo uh, the Tommy Jarvis trilogy, so four, five, and six. Right. And then I, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh man, I need to put on Jason Goes to Hell because that was that was the first Friday the Thirteenth movie that I ever saw was Jason Goes to Hell. Oh really? So wow. Yeah, so, so it has a little a little soft spot in my heart. Yeah, you'll be a little <laughs> biased towards it since that's your first yeah. one. Oh, big time, big time. Plus, it's the movie that made it so that Kane Hodder had successfully successfully played both Jason and Freddy. That's right. With the glove. It was very good. Yeah, exactly. So oh. I, I, have a, I have a special place for that one. But Jason X, I just, I, well, first time I saw it, I was just like, oh, oh, no. Yeah. And if, if I had a choice over Leprechaun, Hellraiser, and Jason X, I would go for Hellraiser out of those three. And then I think Leprechaun and Jason X would probably be the last one. Interesting, interesting. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Um, but getting back to Jason <laughs> Goes to Hell, like you, you saw, remember the Necronomicon is in that movie. Yes, which yes, I that was cool. It, you know, that I, was their way of loosely saying that Jason was a dead. Yeah, yeah, and I really dug that. I, I love it when like they just have those little Easter eggs in the background. It's like the opening of Bride of Chucky. There's so many that you're just like, yeah, oh, yeah, and that's cool shit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool absolutely, man. Uh, Bree says, "Can can Thanos then also snap the Dungeons and Dragons movie with Jeremy Irons away while he is at it?" <laughs> I've never yeah. seen it. Oh, well, I think he can. Way. Keep, keep it that, way. that was. <laughs> mm. You could if you had took that title off, you would never associate that film with Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't heard anyone speak highly of that movie. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 bad. It's bad. Yeah, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Tim Burton fucked up with Planet of the Apes. I don't know what that was Big all about. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> and I'm sorry for reminding you about it, uh, N Theater. I'll try and remind you of much better things as soon as I possibly can. Uh, the Robert says Jason X had some good kill scenes. The Ice Face Smash is classic. I will give oh, it yeah. that. It, yeah, that is it true. It did have some cool kill scenes, but for me, it just just something just didn't work there, and it but, just it, it felt like I was watching Batman and Robin all over again. I, I I agree. I mean, I can see you know the disconnect with it. Um, yeah. So I actually uh, shout factory. I put out the Ultimate Friday Thirteenth collection. I got I got it. Yeah. When it came out, oh, so man. I me, nice. so me and my friend, I just binge watched the whole fucking thing from from beginning to end. And Good, again, man. that was it's a it's that is my favorite horror franchise, Friday Thirteenth. I mean, this is my yeah. guy. You know, number one. But again, it's one of those franchises that it really would, took interesting turns in the mm. series. You know. But uh, the highlights for me, 
I like three. Uh, you know, cause he dones the mask. Yeah. It had the cool, funky soundtrack, 3D oh, yeah. stuff in it. Um, six is my favorite out of all of them, though. Yes. The, uh, yeah, you know that that's that's. I think that was to me the definitive Jason. I forgot the actor's name that played Jason that one, but I like the way. Uh, just, just the way he moved and the way Jason looked and mm. everything. I just thought that was the best Jason, in my yeah. opinion. I like Kane Harder, but I know a lot of people just don't overlook Six, you know? And it's funny because I think Jason came more popular because of Six, but I, everybody remembers Seven and Eight and stuff, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So i'm with you man six was dope absolutely dope that that's one that i can just go to time and time again it doesn't matter what kind of mood i'm in pop pop that movie in the dvd player and i'm happy for an hour and a half you know what's funny i think i believe that's the only jason movie that did not have nudity i think really i mean people might have to fact check me on that but i think that was that was the one that didn't have any i mean had you know the kills and everything but you know and that was always like you know the running joke in the jason movies like oh the, the sex, I mean, it had a sex scene, but it was, you know, it was, I think they were, I think they were clothed in the thing or something, but yeah, like, people yeah, gotta check me on that one. <laughs> uh, Pancho in the chat, good evening, Pancho. How the devil art thou? Uh, Pancho says, I love Critters 3, underrated classic, and perhaps some of uh, Leo DiCaprio's finest work. <laughs> now, I do have to give him that Leo DiCaprio being in a Critters movie, just that yeah. alone definitely well, beats the, the fourth one. Hey, well, Angela Bass is in four. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like two, two of the shittiest sequels had two of the best actors in Hollywood, right? Now. <laughs> yes. What the hell's that about? <laughs> and uh, Ashen Jackal says Jason X for the win. Somehow Jason goes goes to hell. Broke the canon worse. Hey, I'm I'm hearing people. I'm not disagreeing with anyone on that one. Yeah, I just Jason. I like some bad movies sometimes. What can I say? <laughs> But how, but you know, but get Jason Jason uh, goes to hell again. How the fuck is New Line gonna rip off their own movie? Because that literally was the yeah. hit. <laughs> you know, and, uh, I like the hit. The hit was a kick ass movie. But I mean, nobody wants to see Jason body hopping like, huh? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Ashen Jackal also says, "Hot take: Friday the Thirteenth should have ended with one." Really? Oh, huh. that that's interesting. I can kind of see yeah, where he's you know coming I mean? from. It, it definitely, if we say what I think they're saying, it didn't make any sense after the first one. Because really, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, Jason in the second one made no fucking sense because he, he was yeah. dead and gone. Like, yeah. you know, how, you know, so I, I, I get what he's saying. If he's talking about just the continuity of things and the story-wise, it makes no yeah. sense. But, you know. <laughs> And uh, Bree says, some of my fave movies are baddish ones, but you know, that adds to their charm. I get where she's coming from. Yeah, yeah. And she says, some wouldn't even be fun at all had they been good, to be fair. And yeah, I'm with her on that one. I'm with her on that one. There are are plenty of bad movies out there that are fun because they are bad. Troll 2, that's all I need to say. I'm about to say say that, Troll 2. Did you you watch the uh, documentary on that movie? Oh, Best Worst Movie? Yeah. Yes, I did. That That was was great. That was a really good documentary. I, I like, cause like the the uh, dad was like this, like you know, Dennis. You know, like he was he, he was doing all right. You know, how he kind of got back into the movie scene. It, it got a little depressing because you know he kind of wanted, he was liking the fame, and you know, kind of once it you know it dr- dried up, he had to go back to being Dennis and stuff. But uh, you know, I, I really liked it, that documentary. 
Yeah, man, I did as well. I highly recommend if you guys haven't seen that documentary, yeah, you need to check it out. Even if you haven't seen Troll 2, you should check it out. Uh, Ash and Jackal <laughs> says, you guys get it. Well, you know, we like to try. What can I say? Uh, Happy Jam Jam is in the chat. Good evening, Happy. How the devil art thou? And Fat Steven Seagal says, Lucifer's voice confuses my genitals. Hey, you're not alone. <laughs> you're just not alone on that one, Fat Steven. And it's good that you can confess this to us, that you feel comfortable confessing this to us. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's get things back on track just just a little bit uh what would you say is your writing kryptonite that one thing that can come along and you you could have that whole day planned out i'm gonna write from morning to night but that one thing comes along and you just go okay i'm not writing shit today i would have to say it's changed um now it's because I'm doing every, I'm you know trying to run this business and get that yeah. off the ground. It's just hard. It's hard, you know. You know, it's like you know trying to write, yeah. keep up with like yeah. you no know, every like the artists and you know trying to do the promotional stuff and setting things mm. up for the future promotional stuff. It's just a oh, lot. Yeah. So now I may want to sit down and write, but I just can't. You know. Then I got like yeah. you know a part time job I do too. So that takes some of my time. When I was younger, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier. How I would write and I would. I pretty much distract myself by wanting to write something else. Yeah. Putting stuff on the back burner. So, you know, again, that was just the, the, earlier in my life, that was the hardest part was just doing, you know, kind of not do that. But I would say right now, it's just juggling a lot of different hats. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so get where you're coming from on that one. The mar what yeah. once marketing and promotion kicks in, it that does seem to be one hell of a beast that just takes yeah. over shit so dude so badly that takes just as much time and care if not more than creating a damn book yeah. <laughs> just, you know because that's how people are going to see the damn thing is a promotion so you know exactly exactly man how have you found like the promotion and marketing so far like how, how much how much time do you think you've put into it and how much do you think you've you've managed to get back from it so far well so far, so like I said, right now the, web, the website just dropped. You know, Flash Delirium, and uh, you know we got Pop Singer on there. And I really, the reason I did Pop Singer, aside from just doing that as the first thing, was I was wanting to test the waters because that you know, again we got a bigger project that's coming, but we didn't mm -hmm. want to drop that first because nobody knew who we are. You know, I said, I mean, yeah. Pop, why do I want to put the baby out first when I just need to test the waters? Yeah. So and I'm we're learning a lot just putting you no know, Pop Singer out. You know what people respond to better than other things, you know, that, so I learned a lot in that aspect, but for, that was part of the promotion itself for the bigger project was doing this thing, you know, and mm. I think it helps, it just helps, it's credibility. If nothing else, people can say, okay, well, they done this, this, and this, I'll check this thing out. So, and I think that's part of marketing. You gotta like, and you gotta put yourself out there. I know a lot of people don't, I didn't like doing it first, you know, but, mm. There's no way around that because it needs a face, <laughs> you know, yes. and stuff. And you got to people I've I've learned and read from other people how it seems like people like they they go towards familiarity as far as like the creator. They want to know more about the creator. If not, if nothing else, does somebody you know if they can on the same page them like their stuff. So yeah. it, it kind of all works out, you know. That's great, man. That's great what's the reaction been like to uh pop singer so far because i mean the, you've done something that a lot of people would be very reluctant to do 
and that's putting it out there for people to read for free. So yeah. I, I, I'm assuming you've had a fair few people come along and read it. What has the uh, the feedback been like so far? It's really, it's been all pretty positive. People like it. Uh, I think the only critique I got is people wanted to see more of it. But now it's just a short thing. You know, it was, it was yeah. never designed to be something bigger. But, but it. It, it in itself is an Easter egg for something bigger, you know. And if you go oh, you know, on the website, you know, the news, how we mm. do the news article thing, and that will be an ongoing thing. It does yeah. set up other things, so there is that for like the, co- the continuation of that story. But that's about Thank it. You. Like I said people seem to like, you know, number one, the art. They love the art, which is you no, know, that's that's number one. You got to get get them in with that yeah. middle, you know. No matter how great oh, the story yeah. is, they gotta like the way it looks. Mm. And people like the story. They thought you know easy to follow and um. They thought it was dark, so it pretty it did what I wanted to do, you know. And I'm pretty sure it'll be one of those things. It's there forever. It's online now, so yeah. you know if things work out with other projects, I'm pretty sure we'll go back and revisit Pop Singer and all that. So excellent, excellent. You got any plans to put any of this stuff into print at a later date? Um, so Pop Singer, as of right now, that won't be in print. That'll just be up on the website. Um, mm-hmm. our next project will see print, and things go well. You know, if we get enough enough of a fan base we probably will release pop singer other little mini projects as a like a limited book for people to buy at some point in the line excellent man excellent in the chat we have happy jam jam who asks does elston have a twitter oh thanks no, that's the only thing I don't do um (laughs) you're you're a wise man yeah I, I have nothing against Twitter. It's just, you know, again, I'm like you guys. I, I get online all day, every day, and walk, look at stuff. And I just, you know, I, I just feel more comfortable and more, you know, confident in just doing like um, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. and uh, I guess YouTube now. But, you know, who knows? It could change. You know, I mean, it, it depends. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not exactly the biggest fan of Twitter. And then I got on there and I'm still not the biggest fan of Twitter, but I have met some amazing people through there and some very supportive people and stuff. And it is a great promotional tool, but you got to take it one step at a time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's a great tool. You know, I mean, I, I know a lot of people use Twitter. You know, it's like anything else. You know, it can be used for good. It can be used for evil. You know? So. <laughs> Absolutely. As Fat Steven Seagal says, Twitter is a cesspool. He's not wrong. Yeah. Because <laughs> there are some crazy people out there as well, and they do seem to like Twitter, the crazy people. Maybe yeah, that's why I'm on there. I don't know. <laughs> so, like, a lot of writers that I've spoken to, and I kind of feel this way as well, like, when you sit down to write, like, I don't know about you, like some writers, they prefer to write at nighttime. Some prefer to write as early mm-hmm. as possible. I find it doesn't matter what time of day it is. When you start writing like that, that initial getting it started, getting the engines going, that seems tough. That seems like the chore. But once you're into it, you kind of zone out and it feels almost like meditation, like a spiritual practice to some extent. Would you say it's the same for you? Yeah, once you get on, you know, that tunnel vision, that's it, you know, because I I feel once once you got a story you really like and you really get into the mode of writing, it, it writes itself, right? You just kind of like just yeah. this vessel yes. is, you know, going through to write it and stuff. I'm the same <laughs> way, but as uh, far as timing for me, yeah, I'm the same way, man. I, I, it's really no, no set time. What's mm. funny, 
when I'm not writing, I'm writing. You know, a lot of my ideas, I just, I'm pretty good remembering things, writing down later. So I'm, as I'm working, and I, I guess I get that mentality from when I used to work like long hours at my, at my previous job, you know, I didn't have a lot of time to get home. It was literally going home, going to sleep. You know? yeah. So at work, all I could do was like, you know, just think about the story, you know, maybe put mm -hmm. my phone on, so write little notes for later to transfer. So that kind of helped me just to get in that mindset of there is no right time or wrong time to write, write when you yeah. can, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I second that motion. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I like to have a routine as much as right. possible. Right. But I always find there's that moment called Christmas that comes along. <laughs> Ru routines yeah. go out the window. And then for like the first half of the year, you're trying to find your routine again. <laughs> you know? so, so I'm with you, man. I got a question for you about the writing. Yeah. Thing. And this yeah, is for anybody else that's out there that's a writer. Like, when you write that one thing you feel real good about, did you know this is it? Do you get that warm, fuzzy feeling? Oh, in your God, stomach? Yes. Like, yeah, like you know, get it's always like this high you get, you know. It, and, yeah, yeah. For me, it is a high. It is that warm, fuzzy feeling. For me, it feels it feels akin to like being at the bar, you're just hanging with your friends, you're having mm -hmm. a drink, and then you turn around and you see that girl, and your jaw just drops. And you think, I don't know who you are, but I, I would cut off several body parts, whether they be mine <laughs> or other people's, just so that you know that I exist. That It's that kind of feeling. And when I get that kind of feeling, I'm like, yes, this, this is what I need to work on as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, uh, another thing, like especially me and my fiance, we like yeah, we write a lot. We write screen, you know, we write screenplays and um the comic book. And we actually there's a there's a novel we're trying. We've been slowly working thing for years. It's just you know we come yeah. back to it. We have time, hmm. but what, a lot of our ideas when we when we come up with stuff together, it always starts as a joke. Like we'll just be joking about something yeah. that's so random. Like how, what if this happened? We laugh about yeah. it. We say, you know what? That could work. <laughs> you know, then it goes from there. <laughs> <laughs> i love those moments they're absolutely awesome uh, i've had it a few times where like i've just been hanging around with a couple of friends and we've just been laughing or, and joking and then someone says something and everyone's laughing except me and i'm like no hold on there's something there that's more than a yeah, joke yeah <laughs> that's a great idea <laughs> you know? exactly you know you can't predict this shit man it is you know it happens it happens it happens so yeah yeah, definitely. Uh, and theater says doesn't have Twitter. So in other words, you've chosen to keep your sanity. Wise man. <laughs> See? See, it's a sign. Oh, it's you. a sign. <laughs> <laughs> so as a creator, as a writer, would you rather that, you know, things go well with the Flash Delirium website and you don't have to worry about where the money is coming in to pay your bills? Or would you rather it be that, say, like in 200, 300 years time, there are people who are picking up, you know, they're, they're going to the website, they're reading stuff like Pop Sing, and they're going, oh, my God, this is a masterpiece. This is a masterclass in how to make comics. Which one would you prefer, that legacy or that that success? This is a good question. You know, I've watched enough of your shows, and I've thought about this question a lot. <laughs> so I'll be honest with you, man. I think it has to be both, and when I say both, like it has to be 50-50 because one, again, it's like one can't exist without the other. Um, of course, I would like for it to make money because if it makes money, that means people like it and I can keep it going. 
itself is exactly. expensive. Even if you do it all yes. yourself, it costs money. You Gorgeous. know, it's, all, it's yeah, and it's too. It's hard now, like trying to you know mm. work, and even you know, we've been we've been very fortunate doing what yeah. we can do, producing our books up to this point without having to do like kickstarts and stuff. So you know, that that yeah. that was just a blessing for us. But that it's still still work, you know, and it still takes money. And again, like put the shit out, don't make any money, then then what? You know, I mean it could it could be one of those things ahead of its time, like five years down the line, it makes mm. money and stuff. But I think it needs to be both because you know if people like it and it can stay still. I don't mean it has to sell like 50 million copies of like a month, you know, if it's enough just to get the next book printed and put a little bit money in my pocket so I don't have to work a second job and do this. Yeah. That's cool. And I think that builds up your fan base over time, you know, yeah. and that, that creates a legacy because it's it, time, you know what I'm saying? It, it stands a testament of time. Yeah. So that's yeah. the way I look at it. That's a great answer. And I need, I, I need to cover this super chat. I need to say a huge thank you to George Peter Gattis. Oh, sorry. Gatsis. I, I should have got that right. Thank you so much for your super chat. Good, awesome. sir. Everyone, everyone who drops a super chat, the money doesn't just go into the channel. It goes into creating like little surprise gifts for backers of my Indiegogo campaigns. So you've helped out big time. Thank you so much. Uh, George says, Joe King is live on Indiegogo. Two epic books, oversized, 10 by 15 inches, huge superhero sci-fi action adventure, 240 pages total, full color, 54 trading cards. You get a free wow. spaceship with the books. How awesome is that? So guys, check out Joe King on Indiegogo. And George, I, I still need to sort out getting you on the show at some point. I'm glad that you turned up because that was a great reminder. Thank you so much once again for your super chat. Uh, we also have Infinity Comics who says, At Lucifer Storm, hell good sir. Good evening, Infinity Comics. How the devil art thou? And we also have Mondo Bizarro who says, awesome. And let me just say, do you know what's more awesome than Mondo Bizarro saying awesome? It's the fact that he has the poster to Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead. Oh, there we go. This point. <laughs> that that that's beautiful. That's one of my favorite horror movies. Uh, yeah. Fat Steven Seagal has also given us a super chat. Thank you very much, Fat Steven. He says so. This two dollars will go towards the used condom rewards. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your super chat, Fat Steven. That is fantastic of you. Oh, I love these people. They're great. They've got a wonderful yeah, sense awesome. of humor. Uh, right. So, so I've asked you about whether you'd rather be successful or great. Now I need to ask in, in your stories, especially as I'm someone who's read pop singer, have you hidden anything in your stories that's like a little secret that only you and a select few friends will know about? But people like me will just will just read the story and not even know that it's there. Um yes and no. It's actually <laughs> they are again the website, the news article that talks about pop singer, there's some stuff yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. I loved that news article idea. That I just thought that was fantastic. Where did that idea come from? Um, like I, I, I like Watchmen a lot. I know Watchmen, they they kind of did a little stuff like that in their books. Yeah. And um, yeah. I just like Easter eggs, man. I, I I was trying to figure out how can we do Easter eggs without having to, you know, go too uh, out there with it. You know, JJ yeah. Abrams, you know, he he he's done like a lot of little crazy Easter eggs in his stuff, like um Cloverfield movies and like the website form like all this crazy stuff on there and that's kind of thought about so, well you know what, what what's something we could do fairly fast and we could do ourselves 
And I said, why don't we do a news, newspaper article? And plus, the biggest reason we did that is that is world building. The reason that's <laughs> building the bigger world without us having to, like, you know, do it all in the comics. You know, people don't want to read. I mean, world building is cool, but you don't, it should be a textbook. <laughs> you know, where you're like, yes, you know, yes. Like power levels and all this <laughs> nonsense. You know, you got to do it in a subtle way. That's what makes people yeah. like it. So that's what we were going for. I, I completely agree. In fact, I would say one of the best movies to watch if you want really, really good world building because it's so subtle, the original Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Because it's it's one of those things, you don't even think about it as a movie that's doing a lot of world building. But it does. Every time Ray opens his mouth, there's just that little bit of world building and you just don't think about it. You just think of it as exposition from one scene to another right, kind right, of thing. Right. And, it's like, and it's like, no, you're, you're creating this world around you that we're getting to see and get invested in. Yeah, this is good writing. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And Ash and Jackal, thank you so much for your super chat. Ash and Jackal says, woo, I can super chat now. Yes, yes, you can. And as I mentioned, every super chat that comes along, that money goes towards the channel, but it also goes towards funding like little gifts, little surprise gifts for backers of Indiegogo campaigns. That's why you guys are going to be getting a free print that's been illustrated by Christian Rossi. It's because of things like like uh, super nice. chats that we're able to do that kind of stuff. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if these people aren't, aren't back in the campaign and the book doesn't get funded, what happens then? Got to give him a little yeah. thank you somewhere along the line. That's right. Uh, we've also got fans. <laughs> exactly, exactly. People need to treat the fans like royalty, man, because they're the reason why we have clothes on our back and a roof over our head. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and uh, Infinity Comics says, I'll take advantage of this wrench and remind you all we launched Columns of Creation. Back it here and share. Good work. Good work. Good, sir. I hope things are going well with Columns of Creation. I still need to back that book and I will do ASAP. Awesome. Awesome. Right. So if you had someone come to you who was like, look, I, I want to write comics. I want to make comics. I have no fucking idea how to do this. What advice would you give them that you wish you had when you started making comics? Hmm. Probably the, the honestly, just do it. Just start writing because uh, you can have all the, the textbooks, uh, how to write and all that, yeah. but you got to write. You got to write and find your own path. You know, and that was something nobody ever told me that. I had to kind of just figure that out on my own. But it's yeah. easier now because you got, you got internet. I mean, again, like I'm 41 years old. When I was young mm -hmm. doing this in the, in the 90s and early 2000s, we didn't have half the shit that guys got now. So you have exactly. all these resources. It's so easy to, like, you know, I say, you know, if I had to give them like more of a concrete uh, way to do it, just Google search, man, Google how to write comics, you know, and I think the best comic writers are people who not only read comics, they mm -hmm. watch film, they under, you know, you need yeah. to understand visual medium a lot, you yeah. know, because that's an important thing, reading books, yeah. listen to music, because it all goes together, you know, and that just helps you become a better creator. So, yeah. you know, there's never, you know, again, write and just research stuff, you know, never get discouraged. I mean, you could be the most best writer in the world. People will tell you, you suck, you know, that you got to have tough skin. That's a, that's, that's a important <laughs> yes. one. Have yes. tough skin. Don't let people get you down because it's just, Big time. you know, that, that, that's the worst thing. You only fail is when you get up, give up. 
that's the only way you're going to fail exactly. on this stuff. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Happy Jam Jam says, oh, how sweet. Lucifer asked that question for me. <laughs> That's all right, Happy. Anytime. And uh, Fat Steamer Cigar says, is there an OnlyFans? Not yet. <laughs> but if you really want one, you know, I, I might be able to make it. I can't guarantee whose OnlyFans it will be, you know, but I'll see what I can do. Uh, Infinity Comics says, at Lucifer Storm, what's the comic and which platform is it on? The comic that Elston here has written is called Popstar. It's on his website, Flash Delirium. There's a link to the website in the description box down below. It's also pinned to the top of the chat, and you can read it for free. So please go check it out because it's awesome. Uh, we also have the Robert who says, if I wanted to hire an illustrator for a comic, what's the ballpark estimate for just one issue? <clears throat> That's not an easy one to answer. Nah. I didn't want to answer this one because <laughs> we both, have, uh, you know, we both de deal with this. So, well, there. Before I got to Christian Rossi and managed to get him on board for Ed Gein Demon Hunter, there were a couple of other artists that I approached. The first one being Chubb from the book Mary Boys. Uh, unfortunately, he wanted to do it, but he couldn't because he's got a long time commitment with Mary Boys. And I was like, hey, that's OK. I want more Mary Boys. So I'm OK with this answer. Uh, there was another guy I approached who he was kind of like, yeah, an infamous serial killer as the protagonist. Uh, I'm not sure I'm prepared for that kind of hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then, I, then I approached someone else who I was like, oh, they're, they're a bit of a big name. They're, they're a bit of a draw and their art style would be perfect for the book so you know i went to them and said look man you know like how much per page and they were like well it would be about a thousand dollars per page and they're the kind of person who can ask that money and they're well within their rights asking yeah, yeah. there that are amount. people that can get that <laughs> yeah <There are>. absolutely <laughs> so it, it it wasn't a case of man you're charging too much in fact there was a part right. of me that was like i'm surprised it's that cheap but also i cannot afford that because for oh, like a yeah, 24 page high, book that's that silly amounts you know <laughs> that's that's like 24 yeah you gotta like make that money back, yeah, gotta exactly. Make that money back you know, so. exactly and then you know i've i've come to christian rossi i'm not going to say what his page rates are because i'm not sure if that's information he really wants right. out there but it, but it was a fraction of of the price and i was like okay that's cool uh i i generally go by the individual page rates you'll find that there are some artists out there that are fucking incredible and they'll charge you like 50 dollars, and that's great and you should always tip those people if you work with them <laughs> always tip your artist trust me uh, there are some people who charge like $100, and that's fine. And there's some that charge like $150. Personally, I don't like to go above $150 per page, yeah. which means for like a 24-page issue, you're looking at about $3,500, I would say, for a, for a single issue if you're going for $150 per page. I agree with that. Excellent. Um, <laughs> You want my you want me answer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, or, please, by uh, all means. He, Lucifer's pretty is right. Uh, so there's a few things you got to ask yourself. You know, um, if, if this is coming out of your pocket, I mean, I don't know if you're doing trying to do a Kickstarter or what. You know what's going on, but you got to be realistic with yourself. Like, what can you really afford? Um, and one way to do that is you go on. You go on like you know, there's million plate DeviantArt. Facebook's yeah. a good one. There's a lot of groups on Facebook. Oh, yes. Yes. I can't stress enough, and I 
I, I know you see this Lucifer a lot. Like I've seen a lot of groups where people get screwed over. Mm-hmm. Either the artists get screwed over or the writer gets screwed over. Yeah. And you need to do, do your research on your artists, you know, and mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, a quick, a easy way to know is just their, cre- their credibility is their following. Like if they're, if they're doing artwork every day, if they got like page and page artwork, that's a good sign. Cause that means, you know, they're, they're, they're working on their craft and let like yeah. the responses they get, because another thing is like I said, this is a visual medium, you know, writing is mm-hmm. important, but it's a visual medium and you got to bring in, you got to engage the audience with the visuals. And if you see an artist who's getting a lot of likes and shares, that means that art is in demand. People mm-hmm. like that art. That's a good way to kind of, you know, see, see, you know, yeah, get an idea for the artist, but then you you know you find out their page rate and like Lucifer said, like it it can be very low, can be very high. If they're very very low, and very very good, you gotta watch that. I mean, either if if they're legit, it's gonna take a while to get your art. <laughs> it just yeah. you know what I mean don't expect it in a week. You could be waiting weeks to months to get art. You know, but mm-hmm. that you know you gotta get contracts. You know, there's a lot of things you gotta do. But the the main thing is, you know. Is this going to be a 24 page book? Is it a 48 page book? Is it in color? You know, it's, that's mm-hmm. another, that's a whole other thing you got to think mm-hmm. about. Some artists can do all of it. You can, there's some guys and gals that can uh, do pencil, ink, color, all for like a hundred and some odd bucks. Yeah. You know, that's a good price. But again, you got, it takes time to do this stuff, you know, and you got to mm-hmm. really budget all that in. So I, yeah. you know, I would just, you know, do research, find your artist first and kind of base your budget off who you like and go yeah. from there. Yeah, big time, big time. Because like you said, there are plenty of people, both artists who have been screwed over and writers who have been screwed yeah. over. And no one gets screwed over lightly. You know, it's no, it's always nah, big, yeah. bad, huge setbacks kind of thing. So you're absolutely right. Do your research and anything that makes you go, hmm, I'm not sure about this. Listen to your gut on that one. Yeah, every single time. Every time. It'll save you a lot of headaches. <laughs> uh, Fat Steven Seagal says, We had Graham Nolan on a while ago. He said, Have fun with your passion. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I saw uh, an interview with Ed Piscor from Red Room and X Men Grand Design. And the interviewer asked him, because I think he was working on X-Men Grand Design at the time. And they said to him, like, this must be a dream project of yours. Like, how often do you get to work on a dream project? And his response was, every book I work on is a dream project. And that is the way it should be. You should be waking up. Like, we've all had that job where you wake up and you go, oh, fuck, I don't want to work today. Not today. <laughs> like this needs to be the exception to the rule. You need like every book you work on to make you get up and go, I can't wait to fucking get to work on this book because this is awesome, man. Exactly. So I'm with Graham Nolan on that one. Yeah, well, me too. That's a good point. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. And Ash and Jackal says, I love criticism and I ignore idiocy. Good man. Smart. Good man. Smart. Absolutely. Uh, Happy Jam Jam says, always tip your artist or the suspect rich furry will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You are safe now, my sweet child. I owe you my life. Uh, He also says, uh, 5K for one commission. Uh, Yeah, no, I wouldn't go that high. Yes, that's pretty high. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, spending 5K to get an artist to do a full book, 
that's not unheard of. Like the average, I think a lot of people spend on their book is about 10K uh, when they hire an artist, but that's normally kind of like about 72 page books. So right, right. It, it makes sense that it goes up that high, but if it's like a 24 page book, you're looking at about three, three and a half grand easily. Oh, it definitely, you definitely do. I mean, five, five isn't that, that's definitely my threshold right there. Yeah. Right now, anyway, if I'm, you know, doing Marvel numbers, yeah, the sky's the limit. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and Virtuous Comics says, What's up, guys? What's up, Virtuous right. Comics? How the devil art thou? Uh, and Happy Jam Jam says, That's all from the meme. Hey, that's all right. Memes are welcome <laughs> here. It's all good. So, uh, what are the key themes and messages that you find yourself returning to? in your stories is there any particular one that like you've explored in a story and you thought to yourself yeah i've explored it but i have so much more to say so you end up working on that theme in a different story yeah uh you know believe it or not i mean much i like horror and stuff i, I like character action i like love yeah. stories like real not not just sappy yes. love stories like real yes. love stories and i yes. think you know going forward with the with the next project that's gonna be a big one. Uh, love, um, abandonment. Abandonment is a big one for me. I think that's a theme that can be, you know, again, that's there's different levels too. What what that is, but uh, those yeah. are the two big ones. And just uh, and I this is another thing I want to talk about. As far as our company, what we want to do with everything yeah. is we want to create a world where, uh, let's say, like one story is Pulp Fiction. Okay, it's like, you know, gritty, crime noir, and all that stuff. Mm. But mm. in the same universe, Final Fantasy VII exists. <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's, yeah, that's the kind of world we want to create with our universe. And, you know, that's and I, I, I love the idea of putting mundane with the extraordinary, like it, it, how yeah. they can work together. That that's fascinates me. I, I really like mm. that idea. Yeah, I, I can understand that, man. That, that that sounds great. I I love it when you can have a, a universe or a world where several different genres of story can exist yeah, in yeah. that same world. Because mm -hmm. you don't I see that too often. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, with the bigger kind of like Marvel and DC, they do it to a point. Like, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they have their horror stuff and sci-fi, but they still... Marvel and DC never do the boys, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, they can't... Yeah. They can't I mean, not, with their, not with their main characters, especially Marvel. DC, they kind of... They got the, the black label. They kind of step out a little bit, but Marvel yeah. can't do that stuff. You know, they, they shouldn't, but other companies can. We can. You know, I think it's time we start exploring more alternative things. You know, because you're going to have so many superheroes. I like superhero books. I still think you can make them, but yeah. there's already one. There's a Superman already. There's a Spider-Man. You're not going to make a clone of them. <laughs> so you yeah. know, it's time to we can take, how can you take that character and do something different with them? If yeah. that's your thing. Yeah, yeah, I completely get where you're coming from, man. So with working on the stories that you've done so far, what have been some of the, the key challenges that you've faced whilst working on these stories, especially Popstar? Um, Pops, with that one, it was pretty much... When I first made it, how long it was going to be? You know, because again, yeah. it was a budget thing. Yeah, because so, it was always going to be free. That was never something that was changed later. It was always going to be this free thing, but yeah. I was never going to half-ass it because it was free. I was always going to get the best yeah. art because again, that was the same artists I use on future projects. I wanted mm -hmm. to be of quality. You know, I, I'm we're very proud of that that book. You know, I mean, if nothing else, people can't say it's not 
a high-end book, you know, product. Absolutely. And that, that was the that was the big one. You know, just what was how much could we do with the budget we had for something we know we weren't gonna, you know, get a return on, which you no, know, we didn't want that anyway. But you know what I'm saying? We had to just play it, play it, you no, know, play it by ear. So that took a little bit of time and the story was written around that, the way I designed the story. So cause yeah. I could I could have easily made that a 30, 40 page book easily. But you know, oh, I, yeah, it, big time. Yeah, but it was never supposed to be that. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, we're just going to quickly check the chat because Fat Steven Seagal says, Outriders has addicted my time. The story, visuals, built world is exceptional. Excellent. I should I should keep my eye out for that one. And Ginger Gingerton has joined us. He says, hello, gang. Hope I'm not too late to the party. Not at all, Ginger. How the devil are thou? Thanks for being here, my good sir. Oh, man, th this is great. I love seeing the chat coming. So many different people. So... Yeah. What do you like to do when you're not writing? Um, watch a lot of movies. <laughs> we have watched movies. Um, I got like a million comic books to catch up on because that's mm. one of the wonderful things. Aside from making books, I, I I'm an avid comic book collector. Like me and my yeah. fiance, we you know we go to comic store every every Wednesday and get new books and back issues. Dude, awesome. I got I, my my backlog is insane. I got so many books to catch up on. Um, but. I have, no, there's a few more, like current books, you know, I, I've been reading some up to date on them. But aside from that, from from uh, reading comic books, watching movies, you know, I'm a gamer sometimes. I like playing like Street Fighter. Cool. <laughs> you know, Mortal Kombat here and there. So, yeah. Are you looking forward to the new Mortal Kombat movie? I am. I, I really am. Um, So far, it looks cool. I mean, there's a few mm. things I like, eh, you know, we'll see. But you know, I, I kind of have an idea what it's going to be. You know, it is. Yeah. It's not, you know, I, it'll be fun. I, I, if nothing else, we can see already Mortal Kombat with some gory fatalities. And exactly. I think that's all you can expect. But we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so if you had to describe yourself or your work in three words, no more, no less, what would those three words be? And why would you pick those three words? Man, three words, huh? Let's see. Hopeful, determined, mm -hmm. and humble. Cool. For me. Cool. <laughs> so, so why would you pick uh, hopeful, determined, and humble? Well, hopeful because masks don't give up. You know, I mean, yeah. Li life is too short, and you got, you know, I'm here, you know what I'm saying? I'm, you know what I'm saying? I got both my hands, my legs, my eyes, you know, I mean, I'm yeah. decent health. And I gotta, you know, do something while I'm, you know, while I'm still here grieving. <laughs> you know, I just, <laughs> I, tr you know, yeah, you know. So I just, I'm happy. I mean, that, you know, I, I this is something, you know, that I'm doing. I got friends and family who help and support of it. You know, mm -hmm. and at, the, and at the end of the day, even if even if it doesn't work out, right? If this is the best it gets, then it's a success yeah. for me. You know, I I, yeah. I always felt that I don't. Success for people is going to be different, right? Like making it, because okay. that's the thing, right? Let me say, I don't know if I'm going to make it in this industry. It depends on what your level of making it is. I mean, the fact that I created something that exists now—that's yeah. cool. You know, everything else is a plus. So that's where the hopefulness comes in. Determination is again, I'm just determined to get these this book made. You know, I mean, fuck, fuck the money. You know what I'm saying? If I if I got to work, you know, 
30 hours a day, you know, 24 hours a day to, you know, get the extra money to make the book, I'll do it, you know. Yeah. And ain't nobody telling me different. If people say, this will, this will never work. That's what can make me want to do it even more, you know, to, to exactly. make the project and put it out there, you know. And again, humble, you know, man, I mean, again, like, just, I'm just chill, you know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah. I try not to take things seriously. I don't get mad and stuff. I'm too old for that shit, man. You know, that's, <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> I just want to talk about, I want to, you know, talk about cool movies and horror movies exactly. and write, you know, do these goofy little books. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> I'm so with you on that one, man. I mean, like, I've, I've done my teenage years. That, that's all yeah. the the angst yeah. stuff out of the way now it's time to just be like look if, if i don't give a shit about it i'm not gonna fucking talk about it it's it's as simple yeah, as that man, i want to focus yeah. on the cool stuff right like said life's too short i mean like this guy's my age dropping like flies you know and like what the hell exactly. happened so it's like no i mean i just try yeah. to enjoy it every little bit you know and just just i mean it's pretty nice here i'm, I'm in virginia right now you know it's gorgeous cool. outside i'll probably actually go for a walk once this finishes up Nice. Just going outside, taking in the air, and just yeah. being with nature. Like, I think we forget that sometimes. Like, mm. some people can't do that. You know, so some yeah. people, you know, prison and all kinds of crazy stuff. That just we gotta we gotta stop taking things for granted as a as, as a human race. <laughs> you know, big time, <laughs> big time. I'm trying to remember who said it. I think it was Daryl Davis who said it. He said, "We live in space age times with stone age minds." And I'm so behind behind that sentiment because it's like, yeah, we, we're getting so caught up in like the technology and stuff. We need to take that breath. Yeah, we, and it's, I mean, it's, it's easy to do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're all guilty. New generation. Yeah, yeah, it happens, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, but you got you got to check yourself. Sometimes you got to step yeah. back. So hold up, let's just remember, you know, because dude, not getting off subject, but I was th I was talking uh, the other day about. Remember back in like the nineties, how when you wait, oh, I said you went to the doctor's office, right? You said, wait, you know, get called back. Like, I was like, what the hell do we do? Cause now you're on your phones. Like, wait, what the fuck we do back then? <laughs> I can't even remember. <laughs> like, you no, know, like when you're waiting, like, what, 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 what did we do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I was thinking about this not too long ago. Like now when when a movie's being made like a new batman movie's being made we know about it four years before it even starts shooting yeah, half the time, right? right what was it like when we were kids when we were kids it used to be hey you go out with your friends you know you, you're riding your bikes you're playing and then you go past the cinema and you see a poster that says two weeks time batman what exactly. <laughs> you know man like I don't. I, I, I try not to be the old man on on a uh, yard type thing. Get off my lawn type thing. But <laughs> there's something to be said about when we grew up, and you go to the video store and just the smell oh. of the plastic and the popcorn and those yes. the artwork on the video boxes. Remember that? Like mm -hmm. they suck balls, but the cover was awesome, right? <laughs> like you know, it was something crazy. Like that. That was enough. Like and people now will never know that. Like. I Netflix know. is cool. You can see like little the little thumbnails and stuff. I guess that's kind of similar, but it's not the same, man. No, no it's, it's not definitely the not the same. Like when I was a kid, like someone would turn around to you and be like, "Oh, I heard about this movie," and they would explain like a scene of the movie to you, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, that sounds awesome!" Right? And you'd right. find out what it was called, and you would spend months trying to find anywhere that stocked that movie on video, and that was exactly. great. Exactly, dude. Was when I was Back in the '80s, when I was when I was real, like around like seven and stuff, like yeah, I would take the newspapers and um, 
at one time, I don't think they do it anymore, but back in the day, like the uh, theater would have to add for like what movies they were showing. They have like little art in for the movie. So I would cut out all that shit and just paste on like a poster board. I wish I still had it. I, I regret that's not with me anymore. But no, that was my thing until I got to see the movie. I would just collect those things. I would read like the little reviews in the back books yeah. and stuff like that. Like, it was earned because you can't do that anymore. Mm, exactly. I uh, like exist in Japan. <laughs> 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 I, haven't been, I haven't been there yet. I got friends in Tokyo, but I haven't, I haven't been there. <laughs> Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, hopefully once the apocalypse is, is over, you'll get that chance to visit them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been rough, man. It's been, it's been these last couple years have been unbelievable, but we're, we're making it. Exactly. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? One step at a time. You know, at least theaters are open back up a little bit. Actually, um, yeah. we went to go see uh, last year, um, ten, I did go see that in the theater. That's, that's oh, the cool. last film I saw. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but everyone's been like Avia Max, Hulu, Disney Plus. I've been watching a lot of Disney Plus lately. <laughs> <laughs> See, what I've been doing is is like rather than going to like the streaming services, I've been going through like my DVDs and going, I've had this for ten years and I haven't even taken out the wrapping. Right. I think I think I should get around to watching it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I I've done that lately too. There's a couple. I mean, I've been watching a lot of the Freddy movies on DVD lately for oh, some reason. Yeah. So awesome. Awesome, man. Well, listen, we're going to be wrapping up the show in just a second. There's still two more questions to ask you that I ask Ooh. everyone that comes oh, yeah. on. So, so I will ask you then before before we finish the show. But I do just want to say, dude, it has been absolutely awesome having you on the show and getting to oh, talk thanks, to you man. like this. Because before yeah. now, we've been talking through Facebook Messenger, and that's been yeah. awesome. But there's nothing like that face-to-face -face conversation. Exactly. I agree. I agree. Awesome, man. And I have no doubt, I have no doubt whatsoever that you'll be coming back on this show again in the future. Hell yeah. I, I would gladly will. If we're just not, we're just talking about movies. I can do that too. <laughs> excellent. <know>? Excellent. <laughs> I, oh, trust me, I could do that. But then this, this show would go on for like five hours. <laughs> well, like the football marathons they do or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the next question I have for you, uh, like I said, I've asked loads of people this question. These two questions, I like asking these questions because I don't think there's ever a yes or no answer. I mean, I've had a couple of people who've tried to just give the yes or no answer, but I think it just gets that a little bit deeper. So the first one is, do you believe in writer's block? And if so, what do you do to overcome it? It is a thing. I, I think that happens, you know, where you, you get stuck. I mean, I know I said earlier, like, you know, once you get on that, you know, a tunnel vision, you get it. But there are, there are yeah. times, you know, where it's just like, I think what happens at that point, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, structure of the story itself. Like yeah. something get flushed out even prior to that. Usually for me, whenever it happens, it's always the second. I'm sorry if I, I, I keep on using like the, the, the three act rule. That's cool. But uh, yeah, it's always the second act sometime. And usually it's something I missed earlier. So I have to, I have to stop. Yeah. And, Instead of getting frustrated, I'll, leave, I'll, I'll stop. I said, okay, I'm beating myself up. I need to put this away and come back to it. Now, whether that be me not doing it, writing something else or just going to play the PlayStation watching a movie. And, yeah. you know, usually, you know, just randomness, it comes to me. It's, oh, shit, that's what I need to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, just got to give your brain a rest. But, yeah, it can happen. Like, you know, and again, it might not be that. It could be a character's not working. You know, you got you to, gotta, like, your darlings. You got to get rid of this guy. You know, they're yeah. not working for the story. So, you know, it happens. 
Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, Bree in the chat says, such a great conversation. Could listen to you guys chat all night. You give us awesome. half the chance, Bree, and you will. <laughs> I know, right? We're just... And Happy Jam Jam says, Lucifer didn't tell him. He put old Captain America, the movie, Plastic Shield, and all over Van Damme's sideboard. Now, what he's referring to is a little while ago, I was on my friend uh, Wally's channel, mm-hmm. and we were ranking the, the movies directed by Albert Pyon. And he okay. obviously directed Cyborg with Jean-Claude Van yes. Damme. Yes. Uh, was it Wrecking Crew with Snoop Dogg was one of them as well. Mm. Mm. And then, of course, there was the 1990 Captain America movie with uh, J.D. Salinger's kid playing Steve Rogers. And I, I had a few people pissed off of me because I was like, I actually prefer that movie over Cyborg. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got to go with, 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 the, with the people on this one, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that... I mean, wasn't Red Skull like Italian in that thing? Yeah, he like, was. Like, what? Like, yeah, <laughs> he was. And um, Captain America's like superpower was turning around to the person driving, going, Can you pull over? I feel I sick. sick. And, yeah. That, and, and then he would steal their up. car. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> wasn't, but, the, but the guy that played Captain America, wasn't that the same guy that was in a Holly too? It might be. I'm not 100% certain on that one. Matt, I think isn't it Matt Salinger? I got well, maybe got to look that one up. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I could have sworn I was the same motherfucker, but uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, I got uh, uh, Captain America. I mean, that's all we had at the time. That's all we yeah. had. It still yeah. was bad as that Fantastic Four, uh, Roger Corman one though. That that's that's still that's the one to beat. <laughs> that, you ever I mean, seen that? Yeah, oh, several times. Oof. I mean, it, I did like the way the thing looked, but uh, yeah, that movie's fucked yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so, so strange, but I, I, I strangely enjoy it because it's one of those movies that it's like, this is only good because it's bad. If this had been an actual good movie, right. I don't think I would have enjoyed it whatsoever. Yeah, you know, dude, it's, that's fucking crazy because at that time, that was like, what, late 90s, right? Or something when that movie or early nineties, the Captain America uh, yeah, movie. Yeah, uh, the Captain America one was nineteen ninety, if I remember correctly. Okay. And Fantastic Four was ninety-four. So, okay, that's about right. So if you think about it, the Tim Burton Batman came out eighty nine. So DC changed the game. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah big time. And poor Marvel's over here struggling for <laughs> decades. And now <laughs> look how look it, it's a three sixty. Yeah, you completely. Know, that's what, you never fucking know with this stuff, man. You know, I mean it. At that time, we thought Marvel was done. Said they're never going to make yeah. a good movie. And now, yeah. you know, look, so you, you know what I'm saying? Again, like I said, determination. Stay determined. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, Happy Jam Jam says, yeah, Elston got to come on next movie night. I second that motion. Because yeah. you know your shit, and I like oh, that. Thanks, man. Uh, Happy Jam Jam says he got tastes. Damn straight. <laughs> uh, Pancho says, this has been awesome. Hell loose for hell, Elston. Uh, we also have Mondo Bizarro who says Reb Brown is Captain America. Oh, I remember those when his helmet was a motorbike helmet. He was a helmet, his pants, oh, lazy shit. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Marvel's been through it, man. Yeah. Oh, haven't they just? <laughs> haven't they just? Apparently, Howard the Duck wasn't a big enough embarrassment for them. They just I had to that keep lately, going. That movie is not a kid's movie. <laughs> I know, I right? Know to... <laughs> I was like, you know, 
80, that, that's another number about the 80s, man. Like, they, there was some shit. Like, how the fuck this fly? Like, we actually, uh, yeah. again, I'm not, I don't mean to get off subject here, but no, me and my girl, we watched uh, Revenge of the Nerds on HBO <gasps> Max. Yes. Now, that movie, no, that movie never get made now. That was very offensive, no. man. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, super, it's super bad. I didn't, I, you know, as a child, I didn't, I didn't realize how offensive and fucked up that movie was. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, <laughs> that that is like my favorite movie. Like, if I've got a case of insomnia and I just can't sleep, and I know that I'm not going to sleep anytime soon, that's the go-to right. movie I put on. Not because it makes me go to sleep. It's just like, well, mm -hmm. if I'm going to be awake, I want to have like a good time. I want to have a few laughs, and that right. just seems to be the first one I think of. But you're absolutely right. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, there's someone out there who hasn't seen this yet, and when they do, they're gonna have a. It's wild. Hernia. Man, the shit that got me in the 80s, man, blew my mind. Like, wow, like this was the Wild West of film. Yes. This, it, it just, wow. <laughs> big time, big time. All the producers were on cocaine. And yeah, a lot of cocaine. Lot of as cocaine. long as you walked in during their lunchtime and just said, I've got this idea for a movie, they'd be like, <laughs> yeah, do it. So, <laughs> yes. Green light tomorrow. Like, all right. <laughs> uh world comics review good evening good sir how the devil are now uh says there used to be i'm i'm a marvel i'm a dc parodies of those mac ads only they talked about the movies and not the comics i bet those haven't aged well no. <laughs> i bet they haven't aged well either no, i don't think so <laughs> and happy jam jam says he threw that limp javelin <laughs> further than anyone yeah yeah that was <laughs> god that movie's it really just blew. Cause I, I, uh, Ford and when I watched it like about a month ago, I haven't seen yeah. it in years, man. Like, cause my, yeah. my 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 fiance, she had watched it. Then like a night, like night before I watched, it, she said, "What's last time you seen Revenge of the Nerds?" I said, "Been like fucking years." Like, well, I said, hey, "You need to watch that again." And like, why did you watch that? Why did your parents let you watch that when you were a little kid? I said, "I don't know." It's the eighties. I mean, what? I mean, so I went back. To, oh, okay. I see what you're saying now. Like, I just remember it this way. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap stuff up i've got the final question i know this is a favorite yeah. of a few people out there do you believe that there is any truth to the idea of the tortured artist yes yes i do okay. and i think so i mean i could go into a whole thing about this but i'll try to make it quick uh so oh, you take as long as you okay. need well, I'll say this first, as far as the answer to the question immediately, some things don't aren't executed well. Like art yeah. like what's in their head may not necessarily translate to what you see. Yeah. You know, and I think as an audience, we don't we just don't get it. Like, you know, and again, sometimes it's a timing thing. It could be something that's yeah. over our head ahead of its time or it just doesn't work out. And I think that fucks the artists up because every artist, I think no matter if it's film, music, or whatever, they have their passion project. And mm. the thing I go to most is film directors. If you look at most film directors' filmography, like the real big ones, yeah, a lot of them they'll do they'll, they'll do like their little startup movie, you no, know, like their calling card, getting to Hollywood. Usually, yeah. that's the one everybody likes. Whenever mm -hmm. they try to, for some reason, it seems like every time they try to do like bear movie that they've been building up forever, ever, it never works out. Christopher Nolan and uh, Tennis prime example. Like that was one of his babies, and I liked it, but it was it was a bit much. I mean, it was amazing that a studio gave him as much money as they did to make this art house film, mm -hmm. you know, and it didn't work out well. Uh, 
um, what's the guy's name who did uh, Requiem for a Dream? Um, oh, Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Like, you know, again, I saw Pi and Requiem. Like, this guy's yeah. shit. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I watch Requiem once a year. <laughs> we watch it, you know, and that's it. I, I got you know, I got to cleanse myself after it. But, you know, after that one, everybody's anticipating what the fuck is he going to do next? You know, like, yeah. I was one of, I, I, I mean, I followed this guy forever. Then we mm. heard about the fountain. And then when I saw it, again, I was, okay, this is something he wanted to do. It just didn't work out. And maybe it didn't work yeah. and we wanted Requiem for a Dream 2 or something, you know, but that's, yeah. you know, that's just a couple examples. So, yeah, I think that mm. is a way to see a torture artist. Like, they just, they're, they're, sometimes the vision just doesn't translate well. That's a really good way of putting it. That that's kind of the same with uh Mike Oldfield and Tubular Bells. Like he's re-recorded it so many times and keeps adding and taking away to it because there's the song in his head and he never right. gets it down perfectly on on CD or on tape or anything. So he's continually going back to it and like putting his hair out because he's like, No, this isn't what I'm hearing yet. Yeah, I know. I just think you can't get attached to a project, you know, as, as an artist. I mean, there's, there were things I was attached to, you know, and I had to let it go, you know, because, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm, I'm too close to it. And then, you know, mm -hmm. that, can, that can really hurt you, especially if you hold on too long, something comes out too similar, then what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, like, yes. all this, you know, and that, that does happen. And linear thinking <laughs> is a thing, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, man, it's been absolutely awesome having you on this evening. Oh, yeah, I cannot man. wait to have you on again. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. Oh, definitely. Same here. I, thank you for having me on. I enjoyed talking to you and everybody else. And, like, this is the first time I've ever done this. So I was a little oh, nervous. And I, I was always saying, how am I going to do this thing? Am I going to fuck up? You know, I'm saying? My, my, my computer's going to freeze. I mean, I think all this crazy shit's going to happen. But no, no. It, it was okay. It's been cool. <laughs> it's been all good. It's a yeah. sign. It's a good sign at that as well. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Awesome, man. Well, I just want to say to everyone who's been watching and everyone in the chat, thank you so much for yeah, watching. Thanks, I do just I do just want to remind you guys before we go that this is the last time for the next few months that this show is going to be live. For the next uh, few months, it is going to be pre-recorded, but that's cool. We've got some great guests lined up. Tomorrow, there's going to be a new episode with Tail End Studios, who are responsible for Cobalt thrashing around. The day after that, I've got Alex Dore on the show talking about Xena. And then on Monday's show, we're talking to Don Chin, the man behind X-Farce and adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters, is nice. back on the show talking about his new book, Beard Zerker. Now, also, you might want to get a bit of paper down for this because there's a few things I'm appearing on. So tomorrow night, I'm going to be appearing on Wally's channel for another Team Dark live stream where we're going to be talking about Lucio Fulci's The New York Ripper. That is personally my favorite Lucio Fulci movie, but that's just me. <laughs> and then on Thursday... I'm going to be back here at 8 p.m. UK time for another episode of Lucifer's Lounge where you guys can call in and pitch your books. You all get six minutes each to pitch your projects. Normally, it's on a Friday. This week, it's on a Thursday because on Friday, I'm going to be appearing on Midnight's Edge for their show, Midnight's Edge in the morning. So you're going to want to check that out. And then, of course, I'll be back next week for another episode of Lucifer's Lounge and all the pre-recorded stuff as well so thank you once again guys for, for tuning in for hopping in the chat you are all officially awesome if anyone tells you differently i'll send this guy around to to correct them for you <laughs> all right so i guess that leaves me with nothing left to say except for until next time guys take care of yourselves take care of each other most importantly though stay safe 
and stay awesome.